0: This is the Medical Matters Podcast, a program which brings direct information, engaging discussion, and insight into the current state and issues surrounding healthcare. Now, here's your hosts, Dr. Peter Breyer and nurse practitioner Kelly McCormick.
1: Today, we're going to talk about providers having the option or the ability to opt. Out of Medicare
0: opt out of the system completely and what do
1: you think of that Peter good uh, bad could be good I, would be I bad. wouldn't do
0: it um, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I wouldn't do it even if I thought I'd be more financially successful is because I wouldn't I think it would impede my ability to see poor and uh, lower income patients and I really didn't want to uh, completely do that to only treat, I'd say, upper middle class and rich people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this article, they do say that some people who do that provide financial incentives, scholarships, etc., etc., and uh, so uh, they can provide assistance to patients who are need but the question is when you do that, you have to opt completely out. I mean you're out.
1: So it says that you you can opt out and then when you do you can't re enroll for two years. Right. So
0: So if you opt out and you're unsuccessful
1: then you have you to, could be
0: in poverty for two years. Right. So,
1: or things may go very well for you Now this, you don't so, have to go through all the rigmarole this
0: one article we read was by a physician in southwest Florida yeah. now that's one of the wealthiest areas in the country with a lot of senior citizens yeah. so he has a large pool of patients to achieve the number necessary to have a successful practice right. now not participating in medicare his overhead probably goes down, but in some she, ways it could way. go up. What's that? <laughs> I believe that?
1: it was a she, by the way.
0: She? how oh, good yeah, for she. her.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, I, I, I think it's interesting. It said that in the article that um, in... Um, and that's another plus yeah. for
0: her that she's a female.
1: Yep. In 2016, um, she, she opted to opt out of. She opted to opt out of um, Medicare and felt that the um, meaningful use and the merit-based payment requirements um, through the the Medicare system um, were too burdensome, and that she decided to to opt out.
0: Well, that's an interesting. Uh Phenomenon. I mean, I've seen that before in uh, some local gynecologists where I was practicing Mm -hmm. opted out of Blue Shield Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for a couple of years because they were outraged at their payment policies, Mm -hmm. and they ended up going back in with Blue Shield. I don't know if they reached an equitable agreement with them or they just crawled back in because they failed. Yeah. For that Blue Shield, it wasn't really publicized as far as what it well, what when happened. Well, when you
1: think about I mean, on the, in the big picture, think about it. I mean, I think you probably have to somewhat kind of think about your patient population, right? Right. So you would think like an OBGYN is probably... Younger people that have things like the private insurances as opposed to having the Medicare population, right? Right. There are young people coming in for either to have babies and that well, kind of thing. Well, if you're opting thing. out of
0: Medicare, you don't I have do. to opt out of the private insurances.
1: No, no, no. What, what I'm saying is think about it. You're talking about like an OBGYN practice. I mean, right. probably think about their patient population. Probably right. not the majority of them are no, Medicare. They were private. Age, page, insured,
0: right. you know, by private insurances through right. their employer. So it sounds
1: like they cut off their nose to spite their face. Well, uh, in cost, a sense, they did, possibly. but they—they
0: were their fees kept getting cut, and they were very upset about it.
1: Right. Well, that's that's understandable, but then yeah. you know what. Some fees versus no fees. I mean, that's the other well, option, that was right? Well, uh,
0: I think that's eventually what happened.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, think about it from that perspective. You know, how much, How much? what is the cost? Well, the um, thing is,
0: like, when you call up to a doctor's office, you, if you're a newly pregnant woman and you call up to an OBGYN office and the first thing they tell you is, well, we don't accept uh, your insurances, you have to pay us, so much money up front to even right. get into the door, mm-hmm. and then you've got to pay privately. So another, a lot of people would, I think, in that case, would just say, "Well, shrug their shoulders and call another practice." Yeah. Especially young, um, you know, young families that are somewhat struggling to uh, survive economically right. in, a, in a tough environment. Uh, I think that's why opting out. Whereas when you have an older patient, an older patient population like the Medicare population, and you're in a well-to-do area like Southwest Florida, is probably mm-hmm. one of the richest right. areas in the country uh, with the wealthy retirees. And the, what do they call that place they all live in? Uh, well, I don't the know. retirement like center Marco, down there. Ireland, yeah, like well, that Marco Island. Yeah. Well, it was Marco Island. Yeah. And that area down uh, Tampa. There. That. And so, she's in a very wealthy area where where people can afford the $109 or whatever she's charging them. I, see, now, you can do a concierge practice and still participate in Medicare, I believe. You charge a certain amount a month right. for, con, quote, concierge service where right. you're available 24-7 and you will perform... Uh, an amount, of, or physical a year, and you'll right. have a, a couple of meetings with them a year, and they're all covered. Right. And uh, you're supposed to get concierge service, right? Kind of 24 seven access. But you can still bill Medicare for. Uh, so I don't know. Regular visits in
1: that, like, do does the provider have to bill? Because I don't think the patient can bill Medicare. No, the so
0: provider they, continues to participate in Medicare. Oh, okay. He's just he's not balanced billing right
1: because that's
0: illegal mm. but you're billing for the concierge service which mm-hmm. is outside of the oh. insurance okay and uh, there's uh, there's a large movement to that because when doctors retire there's not much value in the pr- in this practice mm-hmm Whereas if you have a concierge practice and you're able to pass that on to somebody, mm-hmm. the concierge is more value to your practice,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's the big selling one of the big selling points of concierge. But even the concierge is still can still participate in Medicare if they want. But these other people are totally opting out of the system. And right. she seems pretty happy. I know a psychologist who completely opted out of the system
1: mm-hmm. uh, locally so, here, and he's so,
0: done great. He says it's the best decision he ever made.
1: Pay, yeah, so the clients pay him directly, and then they pay him. he gives them the receipt. I'm sure he gives them the receipt, and then they... They, they can try to collect from their insurance company, their insurance but company. Uh, I
0: can tell you that if you're trying to collect from Medicare, forget it, you're not going to get well, anything. Well, I don't think
1: patients can. I think the provider has to... Do I think the provider has to submit the bill? I don't think patients can just submit their bill to Medicare, but I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to look at I that. I don't. But for private insurance, you could submit your bill to your insurance yeah. person. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to Google that quick to see can patients um, submit their uh, their. On bills, uh, can they submit their bill to Medicare? stop
0: it when you're doing that.
1: Okay. Well, let's see. We don't know. Oh, I guess you can. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can stay on Medicare and go for an office okay.
0: visit if you see them. But the concierge service provides you with a physical every year. Right. So I don't think you charge Medicare for that physical. Because that's included in the concierge service. But I don't really know. Maybe you can charge Medicare for that service.
1: Well, I think what it is is getting reimbursement for that care. For that care. Um, but you're you're paying to to be able to have you well, know, we're not, we're not kind of 24-7. We're not on the thing
0: now, right? Yeah. It's turned off? No. no. Oh, okay. I thought you turned it off. No. Oh, sorry. Well, I guess you better go back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Tori can.
0: Okay. So where were we?
1: Help us with that. Um, so, so we we're initially talking about the 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 this physician who had opted out of Medicare, and for her it had been um, pretty well. She said it's a process that you have to go through um, to to do that, um, and that when you do that, you can't when you. Um, then you you until you've completed the process, you cannot bill patients directly for services that Medicare pays for, like office visits. Um, so then there's there's rules uh, about it, but um, well, she, so for physicians like for her, it makes,
0: must simplify their life if the patients can pay, right? And physician bills. What is she? She's a family doctor, so she's charging. Maybe, maybe an
1: internist. One hundred nine
0: dollars a month, she said, or something like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is less than the concierge charges. By the way, they they mm. usually charge about one hundred and fifty a month. I think, which isn't out. At, at one time, it was sort of thought that that was pretty high, but now it doesn't seem all that high anymore with inflation being what it is. So that's that may be inflated too now. I don't know if those prices have gone up for concierge physicians. And they usually carry a patient load of like two to four hundred patients. Rather, where the average physician may carry twelve hundred or above. So it makes their life a lot easier too.
1: How many does like an internal medicine practice carry? Usually
0: twelve anywhere from 12 to 1500 or more if you're seeing 10 people an hour or six people an hour maybe more than that okay so I think my patient load was about 1200 patients
1: okay. So here it says that pay- physicians who participate in a concierge or direct primary care typically have a patient panel of no more than 600 patients, right. people. It's usually about 400. So that's probably about like half of what? The
0: break-even point is about 200 is in the low 200s. That's the break-even point. Okay. So once you're above that, right. you're pretty much making a profit. You don't have the big office overhead. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have billing people. Right. You can, with this less load of patients, you can almost do your own scheduling if you have a decent... Mm-hmm. On the computer, you can do your own scheduling. You
1: probably have like a receptionist to take calls and, and messages. Patients and
0: patients will call you directly. Now, if you have 600 patients, that's all... You know, I, I think it would be pretty difficult yeah. 600. 400 would be a, a more... Uh, and you'd make a darn good income I think on 400 patients yeah. a year
1: so and it says here this says kind of the average cost of concierge medicine is usually somewhere between 15 and 2500 a year right
0: yeah. so I think around here it's like 150 a month but. so it's it may be worthwhile for some patients to do that uh, yeah. concierge and it may be worthwhile for some physicians again uh, of course, you can waive the concierge fee mm-hmm. for certain patients if they're poor or whatever, but if that gets out... Well,
1: yeah, I uh, doubt that's <laughs> happening. I'm a, I doubt that's happening.
0: <laughs> well, one of the concierge... There's a concierge company that tries to get physicians mm-hmm. to work under them as concierge physicians. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, they do have a... Uh, a mechanism for you to take fifty, up to fifty, uh, poor patients a year, uh-huh. something like that. But again, you're you know, treating them for much less than the other people who are paying, which, and they're getting the same services. Uh-huh. So that may be somewhat unfair.
1: Yeah.
0: So, but it's uh, certainly an alternative, and. I mean, I could never conceive of myself as opting out of Medicare, but I understand physicians who do, uh, and just getting out
1: of the uh, the insurance rat race, the the insurance insurance rat race, race
0: and and getting out of a rut and seeing less patients and not getting all the hassles.
1: Well, I can see the.
0: You don't have to go through, uh, you know, author pre-authorization. I can
1: see why people feel that. You know, it can work for them. You know, you don't have to go through all the rigmarole of, you know, like you said, getting authorizations. Is this going to be covered or not? And um, all the those little rules and regulations. That and you, you have to, to make to,
0: sure the patient knows that they still yeah. have to keep their Medicare. Mm-hmm. Because if they get hospitalized, right, it's not covered so they, they have well to everybody's be entitled that.
1: To, to to a that's the right. hospitalization portion and there's no charge for it what people are paying for is part b which well, is that the that mostly outpatient. comes out
0: of your social security right. if you're on so
1: it's that's you you're paying for like the part b that's
0: more that's income based it's, you pay right. more if you income's right but income that's, higher.
1: that's like going to your family doctor your internist all your you know your doctor visits I think outpatient stuff Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But A is hospitalization, and there's that's everybody has that
0: right with a five hundred dollar deductible, I think, yeah, or something I'm not sure. like that. Like all those
1: pieces. They are I'd deductible. I think up. they're
0: two yes. fifty for the uh, Advantage plans. Okay. But for the Advantage plans, they have the twenty dollar copay for office messages, where the traditional only has like the three dollar copay. Yeah, three to so, dollars. Three dollars 6 dollars at any rate, uh, I don't think you can blame physicians t- for trying to opt out. I think they have to be pretty careful, though, about uh, the possibility of failing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I-, I think if you tried to opt out in a rural area, you'd, there's a good chance you'd fail completely. I'm not sure, but I would think if you're
1: yeah, I would think you'd like have a to healthy haven your- like
0: like. Western Florida, where a lot of rich, the villages was what I was uh, thinking. Oh, okay, about.
1: yeah.
0: Well, the rich, a lot of rich old people go to live in the villages, and mm-hmm. you established a practice near there. You'd probably do
1: okay. Be
0: in a gold mine, yeah. If you're if you're if you have affability and you know if you're affable and available,
1: yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's sad on some level. I I think to. Think that hey I have to opt out of this because it's become so
0: onerous <laughs> yes
1: that that I feel that that's really the only option for someone to feel like they can do their physician work do you know what I mean like so that they can care for the patients and provide them what they, they to... feel like they need and the and the services that they feel they deserve
0: I have, to, I have to qualify all this, though, because physicians have benefited themselves so much economically by Medicare that uh, they'd be foolish, I think, for the large majority of physicians to opt out of Medicare. Mm-hmm. It's somewhat onerous. I mean, there's, you can get audited and you can get in a lot of trouble. Right. If you abuse the system. Well, so, or you get again, then you shouldn't the be s-
1: abusing the system, right? <laughs>
0: well, that may be true. That's true, for sure. You shouldn't be abusing the system, but sometimes people get ensnared mm-hmm. in, in uh, things that they're not really responsible for uh, with Medicare uh, and Medicaid, especially. There were some instances where, you know, people went to jail because they're their notes weren't acceptable to Medicaid. Now that's not right. And uh, so I think physicians benefited more from Medicare than they've not benefited from Medicare. Uh, Before Medicare, physicians were considered wealthy, but they weren't, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. Physicians had to ride around in big cars in the 40s and 50s to be considered good physicians. Mm. There was a time. Ah. If a physician didn't have a Cadillac, they weren't considered any good. Ah. <laughs> but it was really a sham. They weren't all that well. You know, they were bothering a lot in the Great Depression,
1: physicians,
0: mm-hmm. with care. So I, I, I think uh, Medicare has been somewhat of a two-edged sword for doctors and and, uh, and other providers and, uh, and hospitals.
1: Yeah, and hospitals. That's yeah. true. And it
0: certainly benefited the patients, so... It's, it's an interesting concept, opting out. I, I don't think I would do it, but uh, I can understand somebody who might want to. Yeah. With the burnout situation and everything right. else. absolutely. Now, one thing is, if you're working for this, one of these big healthcare systems that's uh, making you respond in time <laughs> to <laughs> internet messages...
1: Yeah, or phone you calls, I guess, I'm assuming. opt
0: out of Medicare. You have to go independent yeah. to do that. And maybe for a small family practitioner,
1: right.
0: it would actually pay. Because I knew some fa- family practitioners who way back, you know, even like within the last 10 years, were barely making enough to survive
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, with uh, Medicare being the way it is. So, uh, Yeah it's a it's an option it it, It is an option
1: I think it's one of those things that probably each individual person has to look and see you know really what what does it mean mean to them you know and how much they feel like it's impeding their ability to to do their job well my advice to uh,
0: physicians or providers who want to do that is to practice in Southern California or rich suburbs of Dallas, or southern Florida, or Hawaii, or someplace where there's a lot of rich people.
1: Well, that's, you know, they can obviously then afford their care, right? right? That's That's right. one thing. You know, you wonder how, because when you go through like medical school, they don't really teach you, and I don't even think nowadays, they don't really teach you a whole lot about like...
0: Economics.
1: The economics, or the billing, and, and that kind of thing. You Know it's kind of interesting to know kind of what would like today's you know
0: well, a medical young
1: doctor's
0: curriculum like, is the first two years is all basic science, and
1: mm-hmm. but I mean, for like certain ones groups, that that it's like a waste, like a waste gone of time, through their medical school or now in residency, maybe getting ready to kind of you know, either you know, finishing up their residency, you know, looking to start their first job, and that kind of thing, like. You know, the kids that are in there, and I say kids because it's kind of like what they are, you know, that are 27, 28 years old, kind of starting their career and, you know, maybe what are their impressions of kind of dealing with all that and what kind of actual exposure do they get, you know, like when you think of residency, when when you think about like back when you went through residency, you know, you're busy, like... Learning and taking care of the patients and that kind of thing. You probably weren't really thinking about like billing for patients. Didn't think about it at all. Never never gave it
0: a thought when I was a resident. Yeah. Never gave it a thought.
1: You go in, you see the patient and how do you take care of them? I was all for just
0: learning. I was all for just learning and and being a doctor and uh, never gave it a thought at all. Now, when I graduated my residency, Mm -hmm. I had worked three years very hard mm-hmm. and you know I wanted to get a good job right but when you're coming out of a residency what are your options I mean most doctors nowadays who are especially in primary care end up working from a health care system right rather than going into private practice and I think that contributes to the angst eventually of doctors opting out of the system but you have to have enough financial support to get you through those first year or two, right, where your patient population is probably going to fall by seventy five percent, and and so you have to prepare your patients, I, I think, for it. But most of your patients are going to transfer care. You can bet on it.
1: You mean transfer care to another physician? The,
0: yeah. Or provider. Right.
1: Staying within kind of that healthcare system that somebody that's going to take. Take Medicare. Medicare. Yeah.
0: Right. And so it's a tough, I think it's a tough go. Like I said, I think a lot of her success is because of where she is. Now, you, there are people locally in this area who've done it, but I don't know. And they've had some success, but they have to, you have to be a self promoter. Mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: Where I think when you're working for a healthcare system, you don't have to be a self promoter. Right. So you have to be willing to go out and and uh, promote yourself. I think if you're a, uh, uh, if you opt out of the system and go right. private, or even if you go concierge, I think you have to market yourself.
1: Right. Uh, there has to be be some of that, right? Because how right. do you, you know, like everything else, right? How do you get people to come to your door? Whether it's the big box store, it's the, you know, the new little restaurant uh, down just the, the street. Of the commercial and all of that you could make about
0: how? not being controlled by Medicare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we opted out. You okay. don't want to be part of that system. <laughs> Just thinking of the commercials now. You could put it on late know. night television. You
1: could. <laughs> or, oh, well. well, or maybe before seven, before everybody, the Medicare age is starting to get ready for bed. I don't know. No. <laughs> Some I don't know. Before, before seven thirty. My husband had uncle, like by seven, he was in bed. So true. Yeah, he's yeah. up at four, but. Bedtime was yeah, my seven. My
0: grandfather used to go to bed about eight o'clock. night. Yeah. and
1: then what like time he's probably up?
0: But except on Friday nights when Lawrence woke was on. he'd go to bed at nine o'clock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, but he was probably up at like four in the morning, I, five in the I morning. Who oh, no, knows? Oh boy. Yeah. So anyway, so I think a lot to think about for for physicians and you know finding what works for them, and you know if it works, then that's great. You know, have to wonder too for some of these. For, like, this practice, you know, although she opted out of Medicare, part of it might be, too, what area are you in? And that maybe you have a younger population of patients mm-hmm. that have, you know, insurance through their, their I employer mean, and, yeah, I think, you know, I, commercial insurance. And it's not a big Medicare, you know, population, pop- but then, that you don't have a big Medicare to pay population. But
0: private patients would still have to Pay privately. Well, I guess you could still well, no, be they, they we just the private see, Right, insurances.
1: participate with private right. insurances. So if you have maybe a younger population. But then you think, like, you know, most people, you know, find their provider and they're with them for years and years and years, right? right. So as you age and they age, do you right. know what I mean? Eventually, the, your patient gets to the Medicare age. Right. So...
0: As I got older, I had patients who I asked them about their previous doctor, and they go, oh, I outlived
1: him. (laughs) (laughs) See? Right. True. Right? Because think of somebody, started with somebody when they were, say, 25, and their doctor was
0: 55. 55. Yeah.
1: You know, they could easily, you know, outlive
0: I would say that quite often, actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyway, alrighty. Well, thank you for listening to another Medical Matters Podcast. Have a happy, healthy, safe week. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to the Medical Matters Podcast. Listen weekly for more news and wisdom from professionals who provide direct patient care. The information discussed on this program does not take the place of your provider. Check out past shows, additional content, and leave your questions and comments at medicalmatterspodcast.com.